Welcome to the ETC Coaches Corner, an inside look into the Midlands' best private training facility, where we'll be discussing all things nutrition to training and, of course, everything in between, which we do for our members and for those who are not members and potentially soon to be. This week, I'm very excited to announce that we have the fantastic Ruth Farmer, who is another one of the, the amazing coaching team that we have here at ETC. In today's episode, expect to learn about what menopause actually is, what are the signs and symptoms of menopause, what you can do about it, and all things about menopause. Well, not all things, a bit of an introduction about menopause. Uh, so good morning, Ruth. Thank you for, for coming down on this brisk winter's morning. Good morning, and it's my pleasure to be here. Oh, I guess you have to say that. Both we're going to start with the most important question that everyone is dying to know is, I would like to know, we would like to know, the members would like to know, what you had for breakfast this morning. Oh, good question. I had a smoothie. So I had soy milk, Greek yogurt, protein powder, raspberries, a few um, pumpkin seeds, whooshed up in my Nutribullet. Delicious. That's, that sounds like it's a good breakfast. Mm. And not as interesting as Ali's breakfast last week, which was... A brownie, a brownie. Have you ever had brownies for breakfast? No, that's not my kind of breakfast. It's not. You're like a proper fitness person. He doesn't have brownies for breakfast. Well, Ruth, have a little bit smoothie. What are you going to have for lunch? I've got a tuna sandwich. Not quite as exciting. That is not as exciting. Exciting. Okay, cool. So, well, thank you for joining us again, Ruth. We're going to talk about a topic that, honestly, I've always kind of known about, but known about doesn't necessarily equate to any kind of knowledge whatsoever. And I have learned uh, so much from you over the last six months and beyond about this particular topic. And we're going we're gonna to talk about menopause. So just give us a really broad overview. Like, what, what, is, what is the menopause? So I guess to put it simply, the menopause is a time in a woman's life where she stops having periods and she can't get pregnant anymore. It's a natural transition and all women will go through this. And it basically happens because as we get older, our ovaries stop producing eggs. And as a result of that, our hormone levels decline. So our estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone. The term menopause actually refers to a time for 12 months, so 365 days from the last period that a woman will have. Before that is the perimenopause. And this is the time what could, that causes all of the different symptoms that women will uh, experience. And this period can last for 8, 10, 12 years, potentially. Every woman is very, very different. Um, but the, uh, like I said, this is the time when all of the different symptoms will manifest. Wow. I mean, I know we said this on the, on the last podcast, and it was said kind of tongue-in-cheek, but it's kind of true. Women do have it much harder than, than men, don't they? It's a really difficult time. It can be for some women. Um, some statistics are one in four women will have relatively mild symptoms. One in four will have seriously debilitating symptoms. And about two in four women will experience, like in inverted commas, normal symptoms. But everybody goes through it, irrelevant of whether you've had a child or not, irrelevant of how you identify, every woman, woman will go through the menopause. Okay, it, it just sounds so interesting. It sounds like there's so much going on. And again, I'm, I'm going to come at this topic from, from my own person, personal experience, you know, as a mid-30-year-old male 
who's kind of known about it, but never really truly understood it, if I'm, if I'm being honest, and never really took into account what's really going on. And it seems that over the past 12 months, 24 months, there's more people talking about it. Like you've now done this, this, this incredible course and you're doing another course on menopause and I've learned so much from you. How come it's just starting to come about now? Again, similar to, to Ali's um, pregnancy information, the women have been getting pregnant for a long time. And I assume we're females, women have been going through the menopause for a long time as well. But it seems to be a thing that people are starting to talk about more. And what, why, why do you think that is? Of course, women have been always gone through the menopause. In recent years, there have been a lot of amazing women who are celebrities, for want of a better word, who have transitioned or are transitioning through this time themselves. For many of them, it's come as a surprise. They, like you, would know, oh, the menopause, yeah, my mum went through that. I briefly remember her perhaps mentioning it, perhaps not. And then when it's come, they've been so unprepared that it's really, really rocked their world. Uh, Davina McCall, Gabby Logan, Michelle Obama, people that are really talking about menopause and they've brought it to the forefront of people's mind. The work that these women are doing is phenomenal. They are making politicians understand about menopause. They're getting people to write mandates and policies. They're helping people to put new things into the workplace and just educating women on what is going to happen to them. The more information we have, the more education we have, the better we can deal with the things that are coming our way. Nobody wants it to be a surprise. And that's what these wonderful women have done. They've made it understandable for people, for women, for men, for whoever's watching what they're doing. And, you know, quite frankly, without that, I'm not sure we would actually be where we are now. Mm. It's amazing, and I think there's definitely something to be said about kind of knowing what's coming. Mm. Is it one of the greatest uh, or one of the biggest contributors to to anxiety and, and, and stress is if, and this is, I want to give you a really extreme example. It sounds, it's a horrendous example, but I use it and it's really useful. Like, I remember when uh, my grandpa was really, really poorly with cancer, and we didn't know what it was initially. It was This was like 25 years ago. And he was really, really sick. And no one knew what was going on. And everybody everybody was, was just like, we just want to know what's going on. We just want to know what it is. Then it was like, oh, he's got this level of cancer. And it was like, oh, thank goodness, we know what it is now. Yeah. Even though it was the worst possible outcome, by knowing what it was, we could then prepare ourselves and, and deal with it. So I guess what you're saying is, now that these women maybe shockingly, went through this, this perimenopausal stage and had all these different symptoms that we're, we're hopefully going to cover in a moment, they then recognized that and said, hey, look, this happened to me. And if you start seeing these signs and symptoms, then here's what it could be. And here's maybe what I wish I knew back in the day. And this is what I should have done back in the day to help myself and be best prepared. Exactly. That is exactly it. Once when you know what's coming, like you said earlier, you can prepare for it. You can read all the books, you can talk to lots of different people and you can arm yourself with information that you can take to your GP explaining what it is that you want and why and the fact that you don't need to suffer. Women have seemed to suffer, even now, the amount of women that I speak to who are suffering because of their symptoms and some of them don't even realise that they are perimenopausal symptoms. They are just kind of carrying on 
They're just mulling through the day. They're fatigued because of their job, because of their life. They're sort of sweeping it under the carpet, but they are experiencing symptoms. Okay, well, we're going to talk about what those symptoms are, but I'm going to interject with another, another story, true story. And I always remember, so we, we grew up in Newcastle, and we had a, my mum, shout out to Babs, she's probably not going to be listening to this, uh, single mum, two boys, which I can only, and like, it must have been awful, we were on um, benefits, so it was like really, it was quite tough. And I always remember my mum talking about menopause. It was like, oh, oh, I'm having a hot flush. And I was just like, whatever, like, let's go on with it type thing. Which is like, now that I'm older and more educated and probably a lot more sympathetic, it's like, wow, that must have been like really, really hard. And I'm like, looking back, I now feel like bad knowing that she probably had gone through but couldn't talk about it to her two young boys. And because she didn't have like a partner or anything, she probably couldn't really talk about it to anyone. But we're going to talk a little bit about the signs and symptoms, what both my mum and maybe some of you guys uh, may be uh, coming on to in the, in the future. And um, what, what, I don't, say what, I don't want to say what, what can we expect, because that sounds like it's a positive. But what kind of signs and symptoms are there? There are many signs and symptoms. And I'll just, before I say what they are, I just want to explain that every woman is different. Mm. So what your mum uh, your, the women in your family will experience will be very, very different. So some of the more common symptoms are things like the hot flushes that you talked about, night sweats or hot flashes, if we have any American listeners. Was well, there a yeah, in America? Hot flash. Hot flash. America. Sounds a little bit sexy. Yeah. You've you know, yeah. you gone through the hot flashes. Yeah. Well. So hot flushes, <laughs> night sweats. You can have anything from low mood, depression, anxiety. Uh, constipation and other incontinence issues, tingling skin, dry eyes, hair loss. The list goes on. Vaginal dryness, which is a horrendous one that so many women put up with. Mm. Just a huge amount of symptoms and little ones that you won't even realise. Tingling in your legs. So many different ones. Migraines. You said about your mum saying about her hot flushes. My mum had hot flushes, but apparently, according to her, that's all she had. However, I have huge memories of her being in bed for four days with a migraine. Wow. And if that's not a menopausal symptom, I said this to her, and she was like, oh, I didn't know that that's what it was. So I was, it, it, again, I'm going to sound really stupid, right? But it's like, it's incredible how your hormones make you look and feel. Like, they literally affect everything. Well, everything has a hormonal response. Again, I'm going to use a really arbitrary example. Like, when you, if you've drunk loads of alcohol, and the next day you're hungover, like, what I find over the next kind of few days, I literally feel, like, depressed. I don't like throwing that word around because I haven't got depression or anything like that. But I literally feel depressed because of how alcohol impacts all of your hormones. And that's just from, from alcohol. I can't even imagine how people would feel going through these massive hormonal changes and having to deal with it and still having to, like, go to work and function as a normal people, normal person, sorry, and have these expectations based upon them, especially, see Michelle Obama. Yeah, so a pretty, pretty powerful, probably high-stress job where she's making loads of really important decisions and is also suffering from who, who knows any of these, any of these symptoms. The, um, is the, the estrogen, mostly for females, there are estrogen receptors all over the body, from your brain 
all the way to your bones everywhere, which is why the symptoms are so vast. Because we have, like I said, we have these estrogen receptors everywhere. So, you know, the brain fog, because we have them in the brain, we have, you know, more prone to osteoarthritis because osteoporosis, because we have them in the bones, you have them in your gut, which is why a lot of women experience gut issues. So yeah, you're right. It's just the hormones are so, they're impacted so much. And as they decline, this is why the, uh, the, the symptoms are exacerbated. I remember you, you told me, you know, you've been, you've been kind of bigging up Davina McCall for ages. I think Davina McCall is amazing, right? But what I was really genuinely, and this wasn't even very long ago, when you were talking about Davina McCall, the first thought in, in my mind was, Davina McCall's not even old. Like menopause, <laughs> doesn't menopause only affect people who are over 50, over 60? Like how is Davina's like fit? She's young. She's not young, but she's like, she's in a great shape. She's taking care of herself, has like uh, loads of money, like all these things you think. How can, how can she go through the menopause? Which again, when I was saying it and speaking with you, I, f- I feel really stupid because I just don't, I just don't know enough about it. So tell me why I'm wrong. Why does, how, not, how does the menopause, why, why am I incorrect or why was I incorrect to think that? I, I think it's not just you, it's everybody, even women. It was believed that if you even, if you watch one of Davina's documentaries, she'll say, I was 44. How could it be happening to me? menopause happens to women in their 50s because that's what we believe because our mothers never talked about it their mothers before them never talked about it it's not taught in schools they teach young girls about their periods and their menstrual cycle beginning but they don't teach them about their menstrual cycle ending it's kind of like a reverse period you know and there are so many myths surrounding it and up until now and people are kind of like debunking all of these myths people like Davina that we know that women sadly so much younger than 50 will begin going through the menopause 45 to 55 is kind of like the normal age the actual age for we women in the UK to be menopausal so that's 365 days without a period is 51 in the UK but obviously those symptoms happen before right 45 for it to begin is normal whatever normal is but many women will experience before they're 40 and some even in their late 30s which is heartbreaking that they would go through it so incredibly early because the impact on their later life is huge which is where hormone replacement therapy comes in okay that and that that leads us nicely into our our, our kind of next question because we talked a lot about kind of how it's come about like what menopause actually is which by the way you said some said some things that i didn't actually know i didn't actually know that it was a year after you stopped having a period. That is, that's what you quantify as. Yeah. Yeah, I did not know that. And then after <laughs> that is post-menopause. Yeah. So a day after that 365th day post-menopause, and women will live for the rest of their life in the post-menopause. Got it. So that could be over a third of their life. You know, if you think they're 50 when they go through it, they could, yeah. you could live for another 40 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. well over a third, maybe even half their life. Yeah in the post-menopause and actually some of the symptoms don't stop then okay you know my mum's 75 and she'll still have the occasional night sweat mm. you know so obviously they're not quite as bad but but what's amazing about all of this and one of the reasons why you're here and why you are going to be essentially taking over the world with and pushing the the stories that other women have you'll be flying the flag yes is that it's not all it's not all doom and gloom, is it? Like 
but we're going to talk about that in a moment because I want to talk. I want to go back and say, look, I'm experiencing, I'm experiencing these symptoms. Ruth, you know, I'm a I'm a 45 year old female who's experiencing these symptoms of night sweats and migraines, and I, I've got brain fog, and I'm feeling all over the place. I don't know who to talk to. Like, what, what do I go and do? Like, how can I help? alleviate some of these symptoms to help me function as a normal whatever normal like a normal human being like what can i do begin before i answer that question we say often these symptoms will creep up on you sometimes they will be much quicker for some women but often they appear gradually which is why they can get missed and some people some women may go for months or even years without really doing anything about it but then we know our bodies better than anybody else. Yep. So once we kind of realize that there's something wrong, somebody else might have pointed it out and said, you know, you're really unhappy a lot or, you know, I'm noticing X, Y and Z about you or you might be really difficult to be around or somebody might have had a, a urine infection for months and months and months and not really understand why. And they might come to me because they've kind of started thinking about maybe I'm in the perimenopause. And my first thing that I always do is advise that they go and see the GP. Yeah. Because the sooner that you can go on hormone replacement therapy, HRT, if that's the route you choose, the better for later life. There have been recent studies to show that it can help with dementia and later life women are more susceptible to getting Alzheimer's and other forms of dementia. And actually HRT earlier can help prevent that. There are lots of scientific studies coming through now. So I would always advise that you go to the doctor. But what I would also do is I would have a lengthy discussion so that we would write down all of the symptoms that they've been experiencing. I would always advise that women record symptoms. There are various apps that you can get. There's one called Clue, one called Flow, Dr. Louise Newsom's one called Balance, where you can every month you can record your different symptoms on what day they are. Sometimes they match up with your cycle if you're still having one. And then we'd arm them with all of the information so that they can go to the doctor and say, this is what's happening. What are you going to do to help me? Um, Because obviously that is the first thing to do. And then from there, the things that we can do is help them nutritionally and with their fitness and their exercise, because these are things that are just as important during the perimenopause, menopause and afterwards for women is that they keep up eating really, really well and resistance training. Okay, and before we look at kind of what that actually involves, and this is only from my experience, secondhand experience, you know, you've been working with quite a lot of women closely, uh, a lot of the members that I've known for a very long time, because it's been a very long time, some of them are a little bit older now, we've hosted some incredible seminars at ETC, and that's just the start. I've heard of women who are going to the doctors, and they're getting, and they're getting really upset, physically upset that the doctors, and we're not bashing doctors by the way, because doctors are incredible, but I think there's a, a lack of understanding potentially. And they're, they're getting their blood tests and the blood tests are coming back and they're differing all the time. They're not actually getting anywhere. Like you're saying HRT is like the way, the way to go. But I'm going to the doctors, I'm not getting anywhere. My bloods are coming back all over the place. Well, why, why is that happening? And what can we, what can we do about it? As, 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 not, that I'm a, not that I'm a female, but as females, what can we do about it if this is happening to us? Absolutely. And yeah, I will reiterate what you said. Doctors are brilliant. They're absolutely fantastic. But there's a great disparity between doctors in different areas and their understanding of the menopause. To the best of my understanding, it's a module that they don't have to do. 
And if they do choose to do it when they're training, it's like an afternoon or something. It's not a lot of training unless the doctor has actually sought out training afterwards. They probably don't know an awful lot about it. Mm. So unfortunately, what's happening in my experience of the women that I talk to is they're going to the doctor, they may be 45, 47, 48, and the doctor is making them take, have a blood test. But that blood test will be testing for various other things, but also their hormones. But we kind of know from the literature that when you take blood some one day, your hormones might be fine. And a lot of the blood tests come back and they don't show up anything. They'll test for thyroid and all sorts of other things first before they give or they even offer HRT. However, the National Institute for Health and Care Excellence document that I've read recently clearly states in there that HRT should be kind of provided as kind of like the first port of call for women of a certain age who are in that perimenopausal age. They should be given that, not antidepressants. It actually says you should not give them SSRIs. However, I go to the doctor. I'm really, really low. I've been low for a long time. They're going to say, well, yeah, you're only 42. How can you possibly be going through the perimenopause? Well, give me some HRT. And if that doesn't work, then we'll come back. Whereas antidepressants aren't going to work. There are, I could tell you so many heartbreaking stories. Well, I guess they would make you like, again, I'm, I'm probably speaking out of term, they make you feel they're not addressing the issue of, of the hormonal changes they're trying to suppress. I guess one, one of the plethora of symptoms that the menopause can cause, but it's, it's almost, almost like, like lazy. So you've been feeling sad for, for, for a year or two and everything's kind of good in your life, but you're finding it hard to get out of bed, you're not sleeping because you're so anxious, there's some antidepressants. Yeah. Almost like because there's a lack of understanding, it's then a lack of competency. And this is kind of similar to nutrition that doctors and GPs I know for a fact. They don't have to study nutrition or nutritional interventions, and if they do, it's a module and that's where there's a big disparity against GPs and, and nutritional interventions. Again, GPs are dead smart. Doctors are dead smart and way smarter than me about almost everything. But when it comes to nutrition, I would hold my own against any GP when it comes to nutrition and fitness and training because that's my, my, my area, what I've literally studied for 15 years. So blood taking a blood test and throwing antidepressants at someone is just going to make, make things worse. Why, but why, can't, why can't a blood test let you know that you're going through the menopause because there's just so many other things going on so many it could, it could if it tests and they test it for the hormones maybe they're just testing it for thyroid or something but whatever they're testing it for it's not coming back and the women that i am seeing aren't getting the help quick enough i'll just tell you a, a very quick story about one woman who when i actually saw her she was white she ha- wasn't sleeping she was so sad so incredibly tired and fed up. She'd had a a, a UTI for about six months and I don't know what she was going to do. She doesn't know what she was going to do. Mm. And she'd been to the doctor again and again and again and I kept saying to her, you need to get some HRT. You're not on it or she was on a low dose. She wasn't on it then. And she finally got somebody, it was too low a dose and she ended up having to pay. She went private to the Newsom Clinic in London and has never looked back. Really? Never looked back. Because she was perimenopausal and the HRT 
stuff hormonal, not hormonal replacement, but whatever, HRT, toxic up usage yeah. has literally been a game changer for her be- because she's gone to the menopause. And guess what? No urine infections. Can you imagine having a urine infection for six months? I know, I have one, but apparently they're not very good. Really unpleasant. More popular, more popular, more common in women. Popular. They're more popular. They're more, pop- <laughs> more common in women than they are in men, but just awful. Absolutely awful. It's not the doctor. Well, I say it's not the doctor's fault. Doctors should educate themselves on these things. They absolutely should. But I feel that my role, certainly here and as part of the gym, is to educate the ladies, arm them with all of the information so that they can go and say, this is this. Give me HRT. I love it. I and feel it, confident to do that. Yeah, exactly. And that, and that only comes with people like yourself and the people like you, the, the, the celebrities. I hate the term celebrities. Yeah, celebrities, these really decent people who have probably paid huge amounts of money to get this information, to go through the research, to help the literature be published, to then come to let people like you and no one, uh, and me and put it into courses. So we can arm females who are this age. This is what can happen. And here's what you may experience. And just by having that and having a collection of people who are, are able to openly talk about it, I that's game changing. Like, oh, yeah, like I have this, I have this, and I've done this, I've said this. And knowing that, like my mum probably did, like that you're not alone. And, you know, as I said, maybe about 15 minutes or so ago, it's not all doom and gloom. It's no. not the end, Ruth. No. And this is, this is why you're here. You're here to be empowering women to say, look, this is a, a not ideal situation but it is unavoidable you will be going through this at at some stage and the severity is who knows but here's what can happen can you just talk to us about like why this is not the end why why it's not all doom and gloom and what can we what can you and people like you do to help females go through this i think it can be a very empowering time it's a time perhaps for women to really really understand their bodies and to help one another. And like you said earlier, they're talking about it. You hear people talking about it in cafes, whereas it's not taboo. We're breaking the stigma down. It's a really, like I said, empowering time because you're like, this is happening. And do you know what? I'm going to do other things. I've heard stories of women who are like, do you know, I'm of that age now. I've done all of these things. Like, yet another thing that I'm going to go through. But I'm going to wear the bright colours. I'm going to go off travelling. I'm going to, they kind of, I feel that people really, really are taking all of this and they're glowing and they're growing into themselves once they get their hormones and their life under control. Mm. And what I want to do is help people to do that, to manage their life, their fitness, their nutrition, all of those sorts of things. You know, women who are going through perimenopause are often at the height of their careers. Mm. They may have uh, daughters who are going through their periods. Yeah. I mean, God help their husbands. (laughs) That's all I can say. But they've got that and it's really difficult to manage children and the job and fitness and nutrition and all of those things. And that's where I want to come in and I want to be able to help to create new habits or just give the information or just to be there. We've just had sessions here where we've just talked and laughed and cried about different things, but it's so lovely Mm. that everybody is so understanding. You know, you, Ali, Jack, Kyle know so much now. And I think a lot of the women here would be happy to talk to you about their 
um, if they were having any symptoms or any issues that they might be experiencing. And it's about that is getting that confidence and not having to shy away from it and being able to talk openly and honestly. Love that. I love that. I love this. Again, I genuinely have learned so much about this topic over a relatively short period of time. And I love that you're continuing your education and knowledge. But we just almost need to round up. Again, this is more of like an introduction of kind of what it is and what we can maybe do. But you did mention, if I do remember, that you mentioned there's a greater risk of osteoporosis, like post-menopause. Sure. Like, what, what can we do about that? Because I think that's something that we we can do pretty well. And this, yeah. it's not a sales pitch, by the way. Like, you probably already train here. But what can, if you don't train here or don't do any resistance training, like, what, what can we do to improve osteoporosis yeah. post-menopause? Osteoporosis being a, a loss of bone density. So the bones get thinner, I suppose, for want of a better term hugely uh, a lot of women obviously going through the menopause outside of it I think it's about 10% uh, less bone density and the first five years after menopause the bones get thinner wow and what we want to do is to make their bone density keep it as it is obviously we need to start this a lot earlier yeah. actually bone density is its peak when women are about 25 to 30 and then it declines after that, but it declines more significantly after menopause. Yeah. So what we want to do is weight-bearing exercises, resistance training. It is the best thing for osteoporosis and to improve bone density. And the reason we want to improve de bone density is because so many women will fracture a bone mm. and it takes a long time to heal. And often... Some, in some um, situations, women don't regain their mobility back to how they had it before because their bones are so much weaker. So some type of resistance training is so very important, along with eating well, taking vitamin D, getting enough calcium, and reducing alcohol consumption and, and stopping smoking. All of those sorts of things are super, super important. But coming to a gym picking up some weights, putting them back down again multiple times is going to help massively for young women, middle-aged women, older women. And I know we have a, a whole plethora of those here. You certainly do. Awesome. Well, this has been a really, really insightful conversation. Everyone needs to go and lift weights. Um, there's so much in this podcast that we're, I'm actually going to speak with you after. We're going to get all the show, show notes, going to use show notes for this episode that's going to link back to some of the literature that Ruth has talked about today in terms of the apps which he has mentioned today, is it Clue? Clue, Balance, balance. Yeah, loads of books. I'll give you loads of We're going to put some things for you to, to read and be, be educated on or, or more educated on. But we'd absolutely love if you wanted to reach out to Ruth and, and speak with her. She's she's here to help. We're really, we the, the boys the boys here at ETC, we really appreciate and admire uh, the work that you're doing. It's, it's really exciting. I love to see where it's going to go and how many people that we can can positively impact so thank you so much for for, for joining us and uh, yeah if you have any any comments please like and subscribe always feel weird saying that but you should all you should also like and subscribe because then you get notified when a new episode comes out on a wednesday yeah fantastic have a fantastic wednesday and uh, we look forward to, to seeing you soon thank you again for coming down my pleasure outro bam bam bam